Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. If you have your Bibles and will join me in the book of John chapter 8, the book of John chapter 8, you can remain seated. Um, the book of John gives us many things. Uh, among them, among them, John gives us record of four things that Jesus Christ referred to himself as. Jesus referred to himself as the light of the world. He referred to himself as the bread of life. He referred to himself as the door to the sheepfold. And he also referred to himself as the good shepherd. And... Uh, and so I'm not going to try to speak on all four of those today. But in John 8 and 12, the Bible says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And uh, I'm thankful for light. I'm, I'm thankful for light. I've never been a big fan of the dark. And um, never really been ashamed that I'm not a big fan of the dark. I like, I like light. Amen. The first created act of God, as a matter of fact, was to create light. Yet this was not the very first form of light because the scripture teaches us that God is light. So there was natural light that was created, but there was also supernatural light that already existed. Therefore, the spiritual is greater than the natural because it it existed first. I think you would agree with me readily that, that the greatest problem of humanity is spiritual darkness. The scripture talks about in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds. Amen. Locking people into darkness lest that the light of the gospel would shine unto them and they would see the error of their way and not only see the sin in their life but see the hope in Jesus Christ. And so as long as the enemy can keep a person in darkness, he certainly will do that. And so I pray, um, I pray constantly, Lord, let me see your word because his word is light. And so I pray that intentionally. I don't want to just read the book. Uh, I read the Bible every day. And just like many of you, we read the Bible, not just searching for a sermon, but just re reading the Bible every day uh, through a systematic sense of, if nothing else, of just reading through the word of God and allowing his word to touch our lives. And I know that his word is light, and so I ask God, let me see your light, your word in light of revelation. I don't want to just read it as a book, but I want to be able to see and unearth some of the tremendous truths and riches that it has for us. Amen. I, I'm very thankful. I um, I didn't just start being thankful for Brother Kenneth Raley. I can promise you that. I've always appreciated his strength, and, and uh, he's been uh, a shoulder for me to lean on for almost 26 years now. And so I certainly don't take that for granted. But 
I've thought about the last few months as God has just seemingly taken Brother Rayleigh to a completely different dimension. And uh, I thought as he concluded his message last month how that the Lord has just placed upon him the calling and the gift of teaching and uh, just teaching the Word of God. And just so intricately and delicately, he just kind of unearths these little truths and, uh, and gives them to us. And he, he does so with with uh, just such great humility, and, and uh, I'm thankful for that. And so that when I refer to seeing the Word of God through Revelation, that's what I'm referring to, how that God can just take His Word, no matter how common, no matter how familiar, and God can just kind of unearth that. A few Sundays ago, I shared the little story about watching the video, the little YouTube video about replacing a shovel handle, and, and I almost did naturally what we do spiritually. I thought, I've already done this. I've already been down this road. What could, you know, I don't mean to sound arrogant, but what could I possibly be taught, you know? I and mean, look at me, you can tell I handle a shovel regularly. <laughs> but as quickly as I had that thought, I also thought you can always learn something. And I was so thankful. I've shared that with many people uh, from that from that time forth, not just our congregation, but so no matter how familiar a passage of scripture is, don't don't fold your arms and and kind of with disdain say, well, we've already passed this way. I know what this is because we never know when the light of God's word will just shine and sparkle at a different angle, and we just see something a little bit differently. And so I'm thankful for that. And so we we know today, and I think we would all agree that the greatest problem of humanity is spiritual darkness. People that are just locked in to spiritual darkness. I think we would agree on that. There's almost a, a, a natural human resistance to darkness. Uh, there's a natural and a supernatural uneasiness toward darkness. There seems to be, I think, an awkwardness that is associated with darkness, even in the familiar confines of our own home. And when you're walking in, in the, maybe in the middle of the night, you're walking around, you're, you're not walking with the same measure of confidence, or you shouldn't be walking with the same measure. You might be headed in the wrong direction and don't know it. And so we, we, we don't walk with that same measure of confidence because of the darkness and, and uh, that, that awkwardness that just seems to be associated with even something so very, very familiar. And the, the reasons why may be very, very many, but I, I believe that if we think about light, the sun itself that gives the earth not just illumination. It's not just the sun's not up today just so that we can see how to get around better than we could just a few hours ago. But the sun is up today to give the earth life. In that light, there is life. And if we were exposed to constant darkness, the world, if the world was exposed to constant darkness, the world, at least as we know it today, would die. And of course, the same thing is true spiritually. If humans stay in a, in a condition of constant spiritual darkness, then there is no hope for their soul to ever come in uh, to any growth, anything any different. I'm thankful that Jesus is the light, and I'm thankful that I know that light. Amen. I say that with, with great uh, humility, but I'm thankful that he is the light. And there are a lot of people that acknowledge that he's the light. They just are not in relationship with the light. So I'm thankful that I know he's the light and I'm thankful that I'm in relationship with that light. Because in, dark, in a dark spiritual climate, or at least the dark spiritual climate that we live in today, what the world needs most is the light of Jesus Christ. 
And there, there's never been a better time for the church to be the church. I, I promise you that. I know there, that our world is blanketed with uncertainty. But there's never been a greater time for the church because the darker the night, the brighter the light. And I'm not saying that to sound cliche, but so even someone who feels like you have the, the very least to offer, can I tell you that the very least that you feel like you have to offer will still be light for those who have nothing but total darkness in their life. And so the Bible teaches us that there's life in Jesus Christ and that that light will purge the darkness from our soul. It's an age-old illustration, but when you turn the light on, the light doesn't have to ask for permission from the darkness to come in because light has preeminence over darkness. And so when you turn on the light, darkness has to flee. Amen. And so when the light of the Lord begins to shine upon our lives, it is just reflected into the lives of others. Jesus makes this statement. He said, I am the light of the world. Throughout Scripture, uh, the Lord clearly identified himself as the one who led the children of Israel out of Egypt into, the, into Canaan's land or into the promised land. And so many, if not most, are familiar with that particular journey as they were being led out of darkness into the light, as they were being led out of bondage into freedom. Amen. They made their wilderness journey with the fire that the Lord gave them by night. And if you think about something with me right here, for the entire 40 years of their wilderness wanderings, for that entire 40 years, never one moment did they experience total darkness because God said, I'm gonna be the light. I'm gonna be your light. And so not one day, not one night, not, not ever in 40 years did they experience complete darkness, even while they wandered out of the will of God. Amen, never one time. The fire was always in the midst of the camp. The fire was not just an ordinary fire. Amen, this fire was supernatural and without a doubt Israel stood, uh, understood this as well because no natural fire could burn for 40 years. Not a, no, nothing natural about that whatsoever. It could not burn for decades, but God himself sustained the fire that never went out all during their wilderness journey of making their way from, from Egypt to the promised land. You know, the desert can be a very dark place, but God's light and his power dispelled that darkness. Even by day, he said, I'm gonna lead you with a cloud, that smoke that rose above the camp, that will, that will guide you by day, and the fire will guide you by night. And the same is true for us today. The small fire uh, just a small fire is all we need to do to dissipate the darkness. Now, I am all for having the very best service that we can have every time we come to church. Not just every now and then do we give it our all. Not just every now and then do we lean in. But every time we want to throw down our very, very, very best. With that said, with that said, the smallest of light on those nights or those days when we leave and we just may feel like it just didn't quite come together, when it just didn't seem like we quite had it all woven together, even on those days, a small light is better than no light. And so you may, you may leave a service somewhere and think, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I got anything out of the song, not sure I enjoyed the message, not sure I enjoyed the speaker, but let me tell you something, a small light will dispel darkness. And so there's no such thing as coming to church and it wasting our time. <laughs> because we're talking about the word of God. And the word of God brings light. 
You may go home sometimes with more light than at others, but we're always gonna go home with light because we have the word. I remember the very first time I ever heard Brother Johnny James speak. If you've ever been exposed to Brother Johnny James' ministry, some of our men have heard him at various men's conferences, one of the most brilliant minds I've ever met in my life. And Brother Johnny James has a, a habit of quoting a lot of scriptures when he is beginning his message. And he says, I do that on purpose. He said, because I want to make sure that if I drop the ball, if I just completely blow it, I want to make sure that I've read enough scripture that people got a little word. <laughs> you get some light. You get some light out of it. And I, I like that. John 8 and 12 goes on to say, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Like the wilderness experience I referred to a moment ago, it was not enough to embrace the fire or the light of God just one time. It's not enough to just say, okay, I, I have that, but it had to be followed all the way to the promised land. If, if, if you're going to get from where you are to where you desire to be, then you're going to have to continue to follow the light. Jesus says here, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. The word followeth indicates a continuous action. You gotta just not follow me one time, but you gotta follow me every day. Help me to be sensitive to your will, Lord, every day. The shifting winds of your will and, and your spirit, I wanna be sensitive to that. I wanna know what your will is today because I don't wanna just uh, have in my resume that I followed you years ago, but I wanna know that I'm following you today. I'm continuing to follow. And so the light must be followed if it's gonna dispel the darkness from each day. Because every day the enemy would desire to put us in spiritual darkness and confine us in spiritual darkness. If you think with me for just a moment about the prayer of Jabez, I know a lot has been said about this in recent times, books written on it and various things, but the prayer of Jabez is something we find just tucked away, almost hidden in the book of 1 Chronicles 4 and 10. It's almost, it's again, I think one of those nuggets, but it's almost one of those things if you're not careful when you're reading through the book of Chronicles, this book of history, you can just skip right over this very, very powerful prayer. This is what Jabez said to the Lord. He called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. That was his first request. That you would enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me. And then to me, the, the most powerful point of this entire prayer is, and that thou wouldest keep me from the evil Keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. And you know, David prayed a very similar prayer in that he asked God to order his steps in his word. But he also in that prayer asked the Lord to preserve him and preserve his steps from the evil that is in this world. And so I don't think it's by accident that we read about Jabez asking the Lord to keep me from evil, preserve me, let there be enough light in me, keep enough light in me that I can dispel the darkness around me. Amen, I, I believe that. For all the things that Jabez was asking the Lord to bless him with, I think one of the greatest requests in all of those was please let me always walk in the light. Amen, I need your hand upon me. I need you to bless me. I would love for you to enlarge my coast or my border, but what I really need is help me to walk in the light. I don't wanna walk in error. I don't want to walk in darkness. Amen. I, I, I don't want to do that. I want to walk in the light. And the only way I'm going to avoid error is to make sure 
that I am walking in the light. In recent years, we've had uh, the invention of the LED bulb, and it has changed things a lot. Uh, We have in our home right by our back door a couple of flashlights. One of them is the new one. One of them is the old one. And uh, every now and then I, I pick up the old one and walk outside and I wonder, how did we ever get by? How did we ever get by? And now I find myself, even at times when they're, when they're not sitting there together, instead of using the old one, I say, I, it'll be worth the next few minutes it takes for me to find the new one because I love light. <laughs> I want to be able to see. I want to make sure if something's going to get me, I want to see it before it gets there. I, I at least want to meet it. I at least, I at least want to meet it. And so I, I told you, I love light. I love light. And uh, my, my wife is over here saying, he's serious. <laughs> so that was the same thing. as That could also be interpreted as blessing Jesus. I promise you. But we love the light. And so he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. You shall not walk in darkness. I'm thankful for those promises. The Lord's not interested in just a one-time commitment, just one-time confession, but the Lord wants a daily commitment to Him. Amen. We, we are, we, our thinking is wrong. If we think that somehow we can just kind of shake hands with the Lord one time and everything's just going to be all right, I want a daily commitment to Him. I want to recommit myself Daily, not just with my lips, but with my life. I want my steps to match what my, what, my, uh, what my speech is. And so that daily commitment. You know, the same theme is found in the last message of Jesus in John 15 and 5. And when this is where Jesus said, I am the vine and ye are the branches. And then he uses this word, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same shall bring forth much fruit. But for without me, ye can do nothing. And so... We have to realize the value of there, not just that he is the branch or, and that we are the vine, but what we have to take value in is the key word, he that abideth in me. He that is grafted into the vine and stays in the vine. And so it's not just about getting the Holy Ghost one time and then finding you a favorite parking place and a favorite pew and then just camping out till Jesus comes. I gotta abide in him. I want a fresh relationship. In John 9, Jesus demonstrates the power of his light by healing the blind man. But the blind man doesn't just get healed, but the scripture teaches us that he becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so I don't want to just get a touch from the Lord and then just kind of march right on with my life as though that's enough. But I want to, I want to take what God has begun, uh, what God has started in me, I want to take that very beginning and build on that until I have something that is of consequence, something that, that will matter. And so there's no, no need for anyone to walk through life in spiritual darkness. We just have too many tools available at our hands, too many tools available. I, uh, several years ago during our, one of our district conferences, we had every department come up. And, uh, and greet the conference and they just talked about just a few they could not list them all but they just talked about a, the few, a few of the tools that were available uh, to help them and, then, and so Sunday school department got up and they began to promote their department and talk about all the tools that were available and it, and it let us know that we're not having to hope that an 8 year old 
can all of a sudden be blessed with the comprehension of an 80-year-old. But we have tools for them on their level. And, and on and on and on and on as each department become, came forward, I sat there and I was just so hugely impacted by, by this, this one thought. And I thought, Lord, if we fail in our mission, it will not be because we don't have the tools to do it in. We have the tools at our disposal. And so I want to tell you today that you do not have to die, nor do you have to live in spiritual darkness because Jesus Christ is the light of the world and he will shine in our hearts if we'll just let him in. Amen. He's a gentleman. Remember this. The Lord is a gentleman. He won't impose himself on you. Hear me today. You won't get something out of this service you don't want to get. You won't receive anything you don't want to receive. Nothing's going to be pushed off on you because he stands at the door and knocks. Those that open, those are the ones that are blessed. He asked, amen, when... When we ask of him, then and only then, he always puts us in a, measure, in a manner of a proactive measure or state. And so it's always up to us. And so if we leave here in darkness, it's going to be my fault. It's going to be mine to wear. And so I pray that the Lord will help me to realize that I don't have to live another day. I do not have to live another moment in spiritual darkness. Uh, there, there was a woman by the name of Rose Crawford. Who, she had been blind for several years. She obviously uh, couldn't hold back her tears for the very first time in her life when the doctors removed the patches. And for the first time in her life, she began to see the beauty of the world that she had been living in for so long. The amazing thing about that story is not found in the fact that a woman that had no sight now has her sight and can behold the beauty of the world. But the amazing thing about this story is found in the fact that, that, that for 20 years of her blindness, 20 years of her blindness had been unnecessary. She didn't realize that there were surgical procedures that had been developed and, and an operation that could restore her sight. The doctor says she just assumed there was nothing more that could be done about her condition. And then he ended by saying much of her life could have been different. Just living in blindness because you didn't know that there was, there was a way, there was a procedure, there was something that could be done. I realize a story of this nature brings several questions to the table. Why did she continue to assume that her situation was hopeless or better yet? Why had no one around her cared enough to invest in her? Amen. And talk to her about the advancements in this particular medical field and so I would say today that that spiritual application belongs to us why would people in this world live in continual in a continual state of darkness and so we can try to nail the wall that we can try to put the nail on the, their wall and hang all of that in their closet if we want to or we can rather say and yet by the same token why have an eye that's already experienced life how why haven't I taken this light and told somebody, you don't have to continue to live like this. You don't have to live another day like this. I want to say something to you this morning. You don't have to live another moment in the condition that you're in. Not one more moment do you have to live in spiritual darkness. Why? Because light is in this house. And that light is not these light bulbs that we see with our eyes. But that light is Jesus. Jesus Christ is in this house. I feel his presence. And I feel his hope hallelujah hallelujah and so I just got to tell you that you don't have to live in spiritual darkness 
Amen. And so I, I think about the plight of the unreached, those, amen, that the gospel is yet to make its way to. Lord, help us to do all that we can. Help us to do all, all that we can. How many uh, will go on living uh, immoral blindness, amen, unless we touch them with the power of the gospel? How many will never know anything about spiritual darkness that has them bound unless we take the light to them. They may stay bound just because no one shared with them there is another way. There is another way. I'm telling you that my eyes have been opened in recent years to the, to the absolute and utter lostness of humanity. We, many, I would say we, and, and I may be painting with a pretty broad brush here, but many that are sitting in this building are so accustomed to a world where you think most people know all they need to know about the Lord and they have just decided not to live for Him. But I would tell you today that you would be shocked beyond measure if you knew how many people that are right here in this community that know nothing about Jesus Christ, nothing at all about Jesus Christ. Please don't assume that everybody was raised in church, that everybody went to Sunday school as a child. I'm going to tell you that we are not. You know, there was an advertisement many, many years ago. I, I think it was when the Oldsmobile 442 came out, but I could be wrong about that. But I think one of their advertisements, at least when one of the models come out, one of their advertisements was, this is not your daddy's Oldsmobile. Or this is not your granddaddy's Oldsmobile. In other words, there was, there was something different about this. This wasn't just a car to get you from point A to point B. And with that said, I would tell you today that we are not living in our father's world. We are not living in the world of our grandfathers, our grandparents. We're not living in that world anymore. Things have changed exponentially. It has changed. And so the church can't just assume they know where we are. And if they ever want to change, we'll be here when they get here. No, we've got to say, Lord, I'm the light of the world. You're the light of the world and let that light shine through me into the heart and the life of someone else. We need to think about that when we walk into a restaurant. We need to think about that when we walk into a place of business. We need to think about that when we walk into our place of employment. Amen. This is not just about me but the light of the world is shining through me. Amen. I know it has been said to the point of almost being broken down but we may be the only Bible that some people ever read and so that's why we can't just say what Whatever's on our mind and just do whatever feels good to us at the moment but I gotta realize I represent the light of this world I may be the only thing through which somebody else can be touched I had better be very very careful how I handle this situation because someone else someone else is looking and they're watching amen I'm gonna tell you that life presents all of us with many reasons on many times sometimes many times a day certainly many times a week or a month just to lose it Amen. So I want to thank all three of you that amen that. We have a door prize for you. <laughs> Life presents all of us many opportunities to just blow our top. But before we do that, we might better think about who all we're representing. Amen. Sometimes things just happen, just, you just want to melt down into a puddle right where you're standing, right? You've got to gather yourself up and realize, wait a minute, I need to be careful how I handle I'm not suggesting that the church should be a doormat, that we should be walked, I'm not any of, any of the above. 
There's a way that we've got to handle ourselves because the light of the world is shining through our lives. When you say, I have the Holy Ghost, I have the Holy Spirit, what you're saying is I have the Spirit of God dwelling in me. And if somebody sees us showing out, they're not going to think a whole lot about that Holy Spirit that you claim to be in possession of. Amen. Sometimes I think the Holy Ghost has some people. but, the, but I'll get it out in a minute. I think some people have the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost don't have them. Amen. That makes sense? <laughs> that almost got away from me there. <laughs> and so <clears throat> in the wilderness, and I'm ask our musicians to come and we'll wrap this up. In, our, in the wilderness, when the children of Israel lived in tents, there was one requirement. When the fire of God moves, follow it. Now, I am not at all convinced, and I know Scripture even would, would confirm that the cloud or the fire took the path of least resistance. Sometimes the fire moved over difficult terrain. And some people might have been saying, you know, if the fire would have went that way, it been a lot easier walking, a lot easier moving. But everybody had to move. And I've tried to point this out many times through the years, but not every time. I don't want it to get mundane. But from time to time, we need to be reminded that when the children of Israel left Egypt <clears throat> on their way to Canaan, this was not a group of 80 people. This was not a group of 100 people or 200 people. But this was a group equivalent to the population of Indianapolis, Indiana. So this was no small feat. This was no, when the clouds started moving, this was no small thing for people to start packing up their tents. Amen. This was a very serious thing, but they realized, I've got to follow the light. I've got to follow the light. And so when the fire of God moved, the rule, we have to follow. If they didn't, then they're going to be left in darkness again. They'd already been there in Egypt. And so if the light remains in us, then we too must follow the Lord. It's tragic and sad to see that the Israel of Jesus' day was unwilling to embrace the light of the world and follow him. At least their forefathers had done that. As Israel traveled following the fire, they never ceased to be in its light. They never experienced darkness while they were following the light or the fire of God. Still, it's true. As long as we follow the Lord, we'll never have to walk in darkness, and I'm thankful for that. Because of this, a child of God has more insights to the reality of life than perhaps someone without the Spirit. When the rest of the world becomes restless and fretful and, and wondering about all the terrible things that could be in our future, you know what? I think the church ought to be warming their hands over the fire of hope the hope of God's word. Not to be ignorant or oblivious, but I think there ought to be a peace about the church because we're not caught in the dark. And so as we allow the light of the Lord to live in us, we see his hand at work, both not only in the church, but we see God's hand at work in the world. In the midst of our dark and uncertain times, there's all sorts of voices that speak into the night. These voices are attempting to tell us what to do and how to live our lives. That's why the scripture teaches us, my sheep know my voice. So we've got to know the voice of 
God. So we got to decide if we're going to embrace the faith of the Lord or if we're going to continue to reject Him. Because to continue to reject Him says, I'm okay with the darkness. We've got to come to Him in faith and believing that He is the Father of lights. And I close, finally, if you were to continue reading the, where we left off there in the 8th uh, verse, if you continue to read down, you would, you would realize that the Pharisees were far more concerned about their rightness than their righteousness. They were trying to trip him up. They were trying to prove him wrong. And so what they wound up doing in the end is they just chose darkness for themselves. But here's the tragedy. When you choose darkness for yourself, you lead others into darkness because no one goes alone. If no one else, you'll lead your children, our grandchildren. We'll leave another generation behind us into darkness. That's why it's... When people say, what does all this matter? It matters a lot. It really, really, really matters. Because you're making decisions that other people are going to have to reap the rewards for. When you push one bean in the soil, another generation is going to have to reap many beans for that. And so we've got to be very, very careful. And so all of the rules of the Sadducees and Pharisees could not save their soul from sin nor remove the darkness of their world. It took the light to dispel darkness and Jesus was offering them that. Plato said this, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. And there's a lot of people today that are afraid of the light. There's no reason to fear darkness anymore. I'm glad I know him. I'm glad I know him by name, aren't you? Amen. Can we stand together this morning and ask God to just touch his word to our heart? <coughs> I don't want to just hear it with my ear. But God, let me hear it with my soul. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.